Hello and welcome to the Dash Podcast. I'm your host, Trey Gammons, and we're back with another exciting episode of the Dash. Today joining me is Ms. Kaylee Lefko of Educom in Canada. So we're going to have some conversations about mindfulness in SEL in classrooms in Canada and throughout the world. And before we get started with Ms. Kaylee, I want to make sure that you take the time to go to TreyGammons.com right now and subscribe to my new email list. While you're there, you can also click the shop button and find out more about my new book, Every Decision Counts, Eight Lessons I Wish They Taught Me in School. If you have any questions, feel free to schedule a time to talk with me about a complimentary SEL inventory or more about our SEL implementation. So without further ado, I'm excited to talk with Ms. Lefko about your work in education and helping students gain awareness through mindfulness. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me. Without a doubt, without a doubt. I've had a chance to listen to your podcast, Educom, and I have to say, just even listening to you and your partner and the educators you have, it is a very calm and soothing podcast that you've got. Oh, thank you. That's that's what we're going for. You know, in education, it's it's a busy world. You've got a lot coming at you all the time. And so we really try to bring calm and balance into people's lives mm-hmm. with everything that we do. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's a that's a great approach, right? I, I heard an episode, I think ninety-nine, um, you guys had a conversation about, you know, growth mindset versus a fixed mindset and really how mindfulness um, helps develop some of those life skills that students need. How did you get towards the approach of, of mindfulness practices in the classroom as opposed to any of the other uh, frameworks or strategies that exist like a PBIS model or different frameworks that are available? Well, it really started from my own experience. So um, my business partner, Josiane, and I, when we, we were um, in education and the faculty of education together and we became close friends and we recognized that to balance out the busyness of teaching in the classroom and developing lesson plans and all the things that comes with teaching um, that we had to build in some self-care practices to make sure that we were able to support ourselves um, with all the things that were on our plate as new educators. So we started going to yoga together and really enjoyed that. And then that led into, we really enjoyed the the mindfulness aspect of that physical yoga practice. And so we both developed our own um, mindfulness meditation practice. And so once doing that, we recognized, wow, this is really helpful. It is giving us strategies that helps us to just be better in the classroom. We're calmer. We have these strategies to manage our stress. And because we're able to manage that stress, we have more patience with our students. We're more present with them. We're better able to create connections with them, have them feel seen and heard. And, and when we were in our best state in the classroom, we noticed that reflective in our students that they were more ready to learn when we were calm and so it you know (laughs) we decided pretty quick well if this is helping us so much we should be teaching this skill to our students Um, so we both became certified yoga instructors so we got that mindfulness training and we started doing it in our own classrooms just teaching a guided mindfulness practice to our students Um, and we noticed 
with some trial and error that sort of the key where we were seeing big changes in our students and in our classrooms was when we made this a daily practice. So just a two to five minute practice before we started our school day, it helped our students to be calm and have their brains and bodies in a state where they're ready to learn. So <laughs> after doing that in our classrooms and introducing that to our students, we all of a sudden had colleagues saying, why are your students so calm? Why are they so well behaved? Like, what's your secret? <laughs> and so, um, yeah, we decided that why don't we create something, a tool that allows all teachers to share this amazing practice in their classrooms in a really easy way without them having to personally be trained in it. Um, so yeah, that's kind of how the evolution went. It started with our own practice. And then as teachers, once we love something, of course, we want to share that passion, that thing that we appreciate with our students. And, and that's where it went from there. Yeah. I mean, there's so much to unpack in, in what you just said. It might take a couple of days to really get to i think um you know one the practice of yoga I, there was a, a six-week stretch when i was living in charleston south carolina with some students in about three days a week i was going and doing an hour of flow yoga or power yoga and it, you are absolutely right it's amazing how clear my mind was how balanced my body was and how good i felt just on a day-to-day nothing ruffled my feathers and i, I do still practice yoga once or twice a week um, not as intense as I had before because I'm practicing on my own instead of with a class, but I can absolutely see how that translates into the classroom. And yeah. a, a piece that gets lost, I think, in translation, as a teacher or an educator, you teach who you are. And same for administrators and principals. So if you, if you come into work with baggage, bias, and blind spots, that's what you're feeding to the kids or to the peers or the... Um, administrators that you're working with. So if you're not okay for yourself, you can't be okay for your kids. That is so true. You know, students, kids, they are mirrors of us. When we come in stressed out, that makes them feel stressed. And when they're stressed, their brain isn't ready to learn. So if we can manage ourselves first, and if we can self-regulate and demonstrate what it looks like to regulate our emotions in a healthy way, um, in a calm and compassionate way, then our, our students learn from what they see, not from what they say. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you mentioned, you know, just a, a daily practice and also the busyness of just being a teacher. I and mean, we can talk more about what teaching in Canada is like versus teaching in America, at least from, you know, your perspective and our perspective to compare and contrast. But the busyness of teachers, the expectation, the standard that teachers are held to how do you find time or get approval from your school to say, hey, I'm going to take this time out of my day and I'm going to let my kids practice yoga and mindfulness? No, it's not a standard. No, it's not. Well, I guess it is curriculum now and you do have standards, but maybe initially it wasn't a standard or curriculum. How did you convince a school to help you start or let you start practicing this and find that time in such a busy day as an educator? 
Luckily in Canada, we as teachers, we have quite a bit of autonomy in what we do in our classrooms. Um, it's quite rare that we would have a principal that says you have to do this and you can't do that. We aren't told that we have to give deliver specific lessons. It's all up to us to create that based on the, we call, you guys call them standards, we call them um, learning outcomes that are dictated by um, our province. Um, so we have provinces in Canada, you guys have states. So it's our province that gives us a list of that basically says by the end of the school year, students need to know how to do this, how to do this, they need to have this skill, they need to have this skill. Yeah. Now, we are given examples of lessons that we could deliver to teach those skills. But in the end, as a teacher, it's up to us how we want to like, we can create our own lessons, our own lesson plans. Mm -hmm. So um, mindfulness is attached to a lot of outcomes, maybe not specifically like the our curriculum doesn't say you have to teach mindfulness specifically, but there are a lot of things about um, how students should develop as learners. Are they engaged? Are they on task? Are they um, able to focus? How are they interacting with their peers? Are, are they working well in groups? Um, so there's a lot of things, skills that we need to teach our students. And it's really up to us as teachers to decide how we want to teach those skills. So luckily, mindfulness really supports a lot of the skills that students need to develop to be good learners. Um, and we can quite easily attach mindfulness to, you know, science curriculum, to health curriculum, um, to even languages um, in our program, Educom Classroom, which is a mindfulness program for the classroom. We do have, you know, reflection questions and things like that, that turn into writing activities. Mm -hmm. So um, we found a way to attach it to the curriculum so that it's a really meaningful practice and a meaningful way of, of learning um, these important skills. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I think it's, it's, it's really special how you do it. And I know you mentioned the SEL, um, the SEL piece of mindfulness as well. You, you talked about self-regulation, self-management, social awareness and management, and then that decision-making piece as well for um, at least you know, some of those five core competencies. Are, are those competencies a part of your learning outcomes? And, and where does mindfulness slash SEL fit in Canadian education overall? Is, that, is it a common practice or is it still kind of emerging? It's still definitely emerging. We don't have specific curriculum and um, outcomes um, for social emotional learning. Like, explicitly yet. I can definitely see it going that way. But what is really big in education right now is that the goals of school districts and school divisions have really become more and more centered around developing the whole child yeah. and especially supporting mental health in the classroom. Mm -hmm. So a lot of divisions are choosing that they want their teachers to be doing something in the classroom that's supporting their students. Um, in their mental health. So mindfulness is a really great tool for that. It's a really great way to um, support students in developing these strategies that are gonna allow them to manage their emotions um, and to, in a healthy way, get through the ups and downs that just come with being a human. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. That, that makes so much sense. I think that's where, uh, that's where my heart lies. I'm, I'm not a, 
I was not an, originally an educator by trade. I was a I was a psychology student. I studied psychology and management, thought I was gonna go into business, but I have a heart for kids and service. And so education ha happened to make the absolute most sense for my life. And I see that, uh, you know, you spend time in the classroom as well as a middle school teacher and a high school science teacher. How did you make that transition from being in a classroom over to Educom where you now have, you're, you're really helping educators build mindful school communities and supporting them with these ready to use resources. How did you make that transition? So it was a very sort of natural transition. Um, I was a science teacher. I taught psychology in high school. Um, so I had just this natural love of sharing how the body works and how emotions work and how they affect our brain. Um, so I also then taught in middle school when I was teaching in middle school when I started teaching mindfulness in my classroom. Um, so it was a really natural transition then to start teaching educators about uh, mindfulness, how it supports the brain in learning, how it supports our students in the classroom to have better outcomes, um, both at an ac academic level, but also at a social and emotional level. Um, so, you know, started giving presentations and talks um, and we knew as educators that in order to really get this movement going in classrooms, we had to give the, the physical resource to teachers so that they were able to teach this easily in the classroom. You know, as educators, we have just so much on our plates and to build a curriculum, a you know, set of lessons um, around mindfulness for your classroom is challenging to find time for that. So what we did was we set aside the time, took a bit of space from teaching in the classroom so that we could create this program. So it's a program um, that you have uh, audio guided mindfulness practice for every day of the school year. And then there's also printables, projects, activities, posters, things that um, are attached to those audios that you can use to deepen the practice in the classroom. Wow. But the main practice is listening to the two or five minute guided audios. Um, so yeah, we, it was kind of this transition from doing it in our own classrooms, building the program that we wanted to make it accessible to other teachers to do this in their classrooms, and then also giving presentations to teachers and interacting with a lot of teachers in a lot of different school districts um, and finding out what their struggles were in the classroom so that we could develop something for them. So it feels very much like I'm still doing the same thing. I'm still a teacher, even though <laughs> technically I'm like, I run an online business, you know, <laughs> but uh, Josiane and I still stay in the classroom. So we take kind of short term positions so that we don't forget what it's like in the classroom. And we always like to go back and mm -hmm. use our program in our own classrooms with different age groups so that we can test wow. it out. And it gives us all sorts of ideas of new things we can add to the program. <laughs> wow. That's really special. That's really special. Staying connected has to be an important piece of that puzzle, you know, and staying mindful and knowing how it's going to work. Now, I, I realize that Canada is not maybe as um, diverse by color, and, and correct me if I'm wrong there, but you are diverse in ethnicity and people from um, all, over, all over the place in Canada. How do you feel like your work in mindfulness and SEL is impacting equity, diversity, and inclusion, or is that an issue in Canada? Um, 
It's definitely an issue in Canada. I would say maybe a little bit less than in the U.S., um, but really, you know, as humans and our society in whole in this world, I think, is moving in this direction of just being more and more um, understanding of the challenges that did different groups face, whether that be um, color or sexual orientation or gender or whatever that is, we're becoming more and more open and supportive of just what makes us diverse and unique yeah. in this world. So with the mindfulness practice, one thing that we really see in data we've collected from um, teachers that use our program, what they're saying is that they're finding that students are becoming more and more um, uh, they have more empathy towards mm -hmm. others. So, yeah. and that's something that has been shown yeah. in studies on mindfulness as well. It's a practice that develops empathy. So with this practice, what you're doing, and for those that might not know what mindfulness is, it's just a practice of paying attention to the present moment yeah. on purpose. So that can mean paying attention to the sounds that you're noticing right now in the room or to the feelings that you feel in your body, like the sensations, like I can feel my belly filling as I inhale and emptying as I exhale. I can feel the seat beneath me and the earth supporting me and just paying attention to these little things. Mm -hmm. Now, as we're practicing mindfulness, um, from day to day, this, when this becomes kind of a daily or a routine practice, we start to notice these connections between how our body's feeling, how and how the distractions around us are making us feel emotionally. Mm -hmm. So we start to recognize our own personal triggers of, oh, the person beside me is tapping their foot right now, and that's frustrating me. And this is what frustration feels like in my body body. Um, and then what skills do I have to manage that sensation of frustration in my body? Well, I'm learning during this mindfulness practice, these deep breathing techniques or these focusing techniques that help me to calm down when I'm feeling that energy of frustration arise. So we're building these skills into the next generation of, of, people in this world um, when we're teaching mindfulness of recognizing how you feel and then taking measures, having concrete tools and skills to manage those emotions. So when we yeah. can manage ourselves, um, we can also then better put ourselves in someone else's shoes. Like when I understand what makes mm -hmm. me tick and that sometimes, you know, if I didn't have a good breakfast, I'm grouchy. <laughs> then you start to have empathy for someone else that when they do something that is yeah. maybe upsetting or they act out, rather than just going, oh, they shouldn't have done that. You say, wow, what was going on in their day that mm -hmm. made them make that kind of choice that would be hurtful to someone else or upsetting? Um, so we see that in our students that actually uh, the classes that use this program Teachers overwhelmingly say they can't believe how much less conflict there is in their classroom, yeah. especially in um, an elementary school or a middle school um, classroom. It's pretty common to have, you know, several students come up to you after recess or after lunch um, with stories of conflicts that happened at recess. And then it's up to you as the teacher to solve it. And you don't have all the time in the world to solve all these conflicts. So we're seeing that by using this program, students are better able to manage those conflicts on their own mm -hmm. and they're needing less support from adults. So 
that's just really exciting for me that we're building more kindness and compassion into these people, these students that that's going to be the next generation, this generation of kind, compassionate, empathetic people that um, can better understand themselves and others and manage themselves better. Yeah, I think that that makes so much sense. You know, I really don't understand why what you're saying, what we're talking about now is not a core tenant of education. I feel like we should be much more focused on building good people rather than getting great test scores. I know that's an American thing, getting these great test scores, the pedagogy and the content. What about the person that goes through the school? I've seen the same thing. There's a, a school I'm working with, um, a rural Title I charter school here in South Carolina. And we have an SEO program that has been implemented throughout the course of this year. And I know it takes two or three years to fully implement and adopt an SEO program, but just in this one school year, the the behavior problems that I've had to manage from grades K through 10 have dropped, you know, where before there was three or four classrooms where every day or every week there's a child getting sent out or sent home has now really condensed to one classroom or maybe two classrooms that are having those problems. And I'm getting kids that are coming to me before, Mr. Trey, they're getting on my nerves today. You know, I need to take a break from class. Let me step away. And it's a little different from the mindfulness practice, but I'm seeing the same level of awareness and regulation in some of the students that I'm working with that are in an SEL program. From your perspective, do you feel like mindfulness and SEL are one and the same, or is mindfulness a uh, subsidiary, if you will, of SEL? We um, actually call our program a mindfulness and social emotional learning program. Um, mindfulness is a tool for social emotional learning. So mm. there's definitely lots of different ways to teach social emotional development. Yeah. Um, but mindfulness is a really great tool um, for developing these social emotional skills. Yeah. So yeah, that's kind of how I look at it. So are there additional SEO practices that you're using to help develop these skills or is the mindfulness the primary, um, the primary indicator? So what we, with our program, um, with these audios, they're mind, guided mindfulness audios, but within that audio, we're also doing some teaching on different kind of <laughs> core tenets of being a good human. <laughs> So we have different uh, units within our full year program, um, like kindness and compassion is, is a unit. So for a full month, you're listening to these mindfulness audios, but it's all centered around kindness and compassion. Mm. Um, and then we also have um, worksheets and discussion prompts and all sorts of different things that build on what those students have learned during the audio that teachers can choose to use or not. The audio is the, the main thing and the, the other stuff is extra that you can use if you'd like. Right. Um, so yeah, we have kindness and compassion. We have um, mindfulness. We have self-awareness. We have um, a unit on positive self-talk um, cause that was something that teachers were saying they were really noticing in their classrooms, a lot of students just with a lot of negative self-talk that they wanted to teach them how to speak better to themselves. Cause when you speak better to yourself, you speak better to others, right? You have to have kindness and compassion towards yourself before you can truly have it for someone else. Um, so yeah, that's kind of the, the way that, that, that program is built. 
Yeah, I like it. Well, and, and I think you make it really convenient for people to be a part of Educom. You know, on your website, you have the links to some upcoming trainings you've got in May, and you've also got a, your, your breakdown pretty simply put in, in how you impact the classroom with the training and curriculum. Uh, can you talk to me a little bit about what it what it's like? What's the process like to get onboarded to Educom when I sign up for a free trial and then begin as a teacher? Am I am I adopting Educom individually? Is this my personal choice? Is it a school wide adoption? And then once I'm signed in and log, logged in, am I um, are these for me? And then I translate the information that I learned to my kids. Um, I know that's a lot of questions. But, <laughs> yeah, so I'll, I'll, I can walk you through kind of how this would look for in the classroom. So say you're a teacher that wants to start sharing mindfulness in your classroom. So you just go to our website, educalm.com. So that's spelled E-D-U-C-A-L-M-E.com. Um, and you'll see that we have a free trial. So when you sign up for the free trial, what that's going to do is give you unlimited access to the first unit of our program. So you can get started with it right away. It has everything that you need to practice mindfulness with your students. Now we also have in that free trial some training um, and any other resources that you might need to get started. So we have a training video that's going to teach you exactly how to use this so you don't have any question marks of like, oh, when do I play the audios or how do I get my mm. students to sit or things like that. That's all clearly laid out for you. Um, we even have things like um, a lesson plan for an intro lesson that you can do before actually starting the program just so that your students understand the why behind um, this, this practice that you're going to be doing in the classroom. We also have even a letter that you can use to send to parents if you want to communicate to parents that you're going to want to be using this program in the classroom. So really anything that you could possibly want or need to get started with in this in the classroom is there for you for free. Mm -hmm. um, so then you get the first unit, which is Introduction to Mindfulness, to use with your students. So that is a full month worth of content. There's um, two-minute and five-minute audios, so you can start with the two-minute ones, or you can jump right into the five-minute ones, totally up to you. Um, and really anything that you need is there for you to use with your students. Mm -hmm. um, so you can start this just in your own classroom. That's how most schools start. There's usually one teacher that's really excited about mindfulness that starts it in their own classroom, sort of tests it out and becomes kind of the expert sort of thing in it. They practice, try it out first. Um, and then they tend to love it so much that they tell their colleagues and then soon lots of teachers in the school are on board and, and doing it. We also definitely have some full schools that have signed up. They want all their teachers on board, so they get the whole whole school going. So it's really up to you to, to bite off whatever you feel yeah. ready to chew. <laughs> well, and, it's, and it's very reasonable as well. I feel like the, the cost of your program is not uh, thousands and thousands of dollars. Um, but, you know, just a couple hundred dollars even after that free trial. So I think that's that's amazing as well and, and makes it really easy to commit to um, and stick to as well. Yeah, yeah. So the, the cost of the program um, at the free trial, you get it for free, obviously, and it never expires. So, you know, if that's all you need, if that's enough content that you need for your classroom, well, awesome. You, <laughs> you have a free resource forever. Now, most teachers, once they start that free trial, they go, wow, I love this. I want to have 
a lesson for every day of the school year all ready to go for me. I don't have to do any planning. I just have to press play or print something off. Um, then it's $250 Canadian per teacher per year. So once you sign up, you know, you log in and you have access to all of the content, all of the um, 10 uh, units that we, we have in there. We even have some audios in the, the full version of Educom Classroom, the paid version that are for teachers. We had teachers saying, you know what, sometimes I just need an audio to listen to for myself. Can yeah. you throw some in there? So we have some for teachers as well. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and for, for your American listeners, you know, it's in Canadian dollars. So it's the, with the exchange rate, uh, you pay a little bit less. <laughs> well, that's a shout out to, uh, shout out to the Canadian dollars then, or the U.S. dollar, whichever one. Yeah. Is. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That'll make it even easier to adopt. What's next for you all? What, what, what are you striving for? What are you trying to get? Right now, we're just really focused on supporting teachers um, with our program and to help get this into more classrooms. We're seeing, we track the results of what this is doing in classrooms and, and the results that teachers are seeing. And it's just amazing. You know, they're telling us that they, the classroom management is so much easier, that they have more actually time in their day for academics, even though they're taking five to 10 minutes to do a mindfulness practice every day, they gain that time and more back because their students are more focused, they're more on task, they have the common vocabulary to help their students to refocus when they do get off task. Um, kindness and compassion is going up. We're seeing, and teachers are saying that kind of a side benefit to this is that they feel more calm, they're more present with their students, and they're becoming more mindful because they're doing this practice with their students in the classroom. So that just gets us really excited. We just keep thinking, man, if, if this program can be in schools across the world, in classrooms across the world, um, the impact that this program can have is huge. And so our main focus is just to be there for teachers, to provide this resource, in a really easy to access way. Um, and then we also have our podcast that we support teachers there and lots of training on how to implement mindfulness in the classroom through the podcast. So we're just passionate about supporting teachers and making yeah. it easy for them to support their students because it can be really hard to know how to support your students emotionally. As teachers, we're not really trained for that. We're trained to yeah. develop deliver lessons but in the end we do way more than deliver lessons in the classroom we have so many roles in the classroom for mm -hmm. our students so uh yeah we just want to be that support for teachers and make it easier for them to to fill all those gaps for their for their students absolutely well i know that there's a new program now that i can recommend to teachers and schools that i work with with the educom classroom training and curriculum. Kaylee, where can we go to find you and your partner, Josie Ann? Um, and just, if we want to get involved with Educom, adopt the curriculum, talk to you, what do we, what do we do? You can do all of that from our website. So that's educalm.com. So that's spelled E-D-U-C-A-L-M-E. Dot com. And from there, you'll be able to get our free trial. Um, you'll be able to purchase the program if you want to purchase the full year program. Um, we also have a blog and a podcast, and you can find those right from that website. Um, and then we're on social media as well, so people can connect with us there. We're Educalm across all platforms. But the, uh, the, the website is the central hub where you can find everything. <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah, there it is. I love it. Well, thank you so much for joining me today, Kaylee. I feel much more calm and I already had a good day. I just feel even better after talking to you and thinking about this mindfulness and self-awareness. I appreciate your time today. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Without a doubt. And thank you all for listening today. If you feel like you want to get more grounded, more rooted in mindfulness and SEL, go check out Educalm, Kaylee and Josie in now to make sure that you get some of this into your life, into your classroom, and you can start it off for free. So I uh, thank you for listening. If it's not for you, share it with your friends, share it with your co-teachers, with your administrators, and continue to spread this word and spread this message. Every week we feature an educator who is facilitating solutions for school communities, and Educom does just that. Before I let you go, I have to give you one final reminder to go visit TreyGamers.com as well to subscribe to my new email list and stay up to date with each new episode. We've got some special new content for you and we are excited about our new book, Every Decision Counts, Eight Lessons I Wish They Taught Me in School. We shall see you next time. This is The Dad.